0: He is truly one of the most competitive, one of the most driven, and one of the most successful anglers in our sport. He is the one and only Jacob Wheeler. This week on I'm Bob Cobb from the Bassmaster. Welcome to Mercer. Happy Wednesday, welcome back to Mercer. Moment of total honesty, how we do these things is I record the interview with the angler and then I do this opening and this close afterwards. So right now I am a sweaty mess because uh, I screwed up my back and I've been having back spasms the whole way through the interview, but it's a good one. So you wanna stick around. Happy Wednesday, not just Wednesday, it is National Whiskey Sour Day, National Kiss and Makeup Day, National Secondhand Wardrobe Day, and National banana split day it is also the day that we do this podcast on and without further ado let's bring in our guest because our guest this week is arguably the biggest angler on the planet right now both on and off the water whether it be promotions whether it be winning tournaments you name it he's got it all together and he's a guy that many people might not have expected to be on this show but that's what you need to expect with this show. To expect the unexpected. And this dude, you can always expect him to deliver. I'm, I mean, I can't talk. I'm in too much pain right now. So let's bring in our guest, Jacob Wheeler. Jacob Wheeler, I started to regale you with accolades and tell you congratulations, because that's the cool thing about this deal for me is it allows me to catch up with guys that, that, I, that we should all be in touch with each other more, but life is busy, but... uh Man, since I last saw you, stuff's worked out uh, uh, fairly well, I would imagine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, it's been a lot of fun, you know. Obviously, uh, getting to run around the country and, and fish for a living has is, is been always my dream, and um, to be able to go out here and run around and, and compete against some of these guys, and I mean, I, I can't, I can't ask for any better. And obviously, winning a few tournaments in between is, is always, is always, uh, you know, icing on the on, i'm on the cake.
0: I feel like you say things like that because I feel like you feel like maybe you have to say that because that's, but I don't think that I, winning a few, honestly, and, and call me out on it if if I'm wrong, but spending time with you, I don't feel like a term like win a few tournaments along the way is, is icing on the cake. I feel like you would be miserable if you did not win a few tournaments along the way, right or wrong?
1: That That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I, that, that is. I mean, obviously, you know, you, you get into like a rhythm and you, you know, I think the biggest thing is, is you don't take that for granted. So obviously you don't want to sit there and be like, man, you know, I've really, I've really kicked butt, you know, obviously, but I mean, I'm, I'm very grateful at the same point in time. Cause I know, you know, you're only as good as your last event and the next one comes up, and, you know, you could be down there in last place. And that, that's the nature of the beast in the sport. So, uh, I've always, some wise man told me never get too high when things are going great and never get too low when things aren't going your way. And so I try to sort of stay in the middle no matter what,
0: what, what is it about our sport, dude? It is so weird to me how like, and you have other friends who play other pro sports and I've been lucky to have a few ends, but those people are so confident. And would you say to, if you said to a pitcher before a game, how are you going to do he'd be like, I'm going, it's a no hitter today. They're not going to be able to touch my stuff. And, 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 but the last thing you would hear, if you put that in fishing terms, it would be like the pitcher would say, they're going to knock the leather off the ball today. I'll be lucky if I get a limit. Uh, What is it about fishermen that, that that is such a weird thing in our sport where no matter how good you're getting them, you got to dial it down.
1: Well, I think obviously we can't control the variables, you know, obviously with, with, you know, you can have weather, um, you know, not having a good practice, you can put all the time and effort into, I, I've looked at events that I've put all this time and effort into preparing for an event. And I, I had to learn, you know, you had to learn, You have to learn how to practice, but then you also have to learn how to pre-practice. Yeah. Then you didn't get locked into what you did in pre-practice, which was a month prior to. And so, I know how things can go in this sport. And so, you know, it's a little bit different. Like if you're a LeBron James and you're like, listen, I got one dude between me and the name basket, I'm going to score because um, you can control most of those variables, but not, I mean, to an extent we're fishing, you're, you're fishing for live animals, you know, to an extent that they change every day. The conditions change. Um, you're, 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 you're dependent on mother nature to go your way. You're hoping the fish bite. Um, and, and a lot of times we don't know how events going to unfold. Is there going to be five boats there? Is there going to be nobody that found your fish? Um, all of those things dictate how your event goes. And so I think a lot of times it's really hard to say, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to freaking cream on this week because you, you it's, there's so many things that have gone wrong throughout your career. And when you've done this, you know, 10 years, I'm going to say wrong, but if, if you thought you were going to catch them and something changed, water drops two feet or, you know, there's five boats in that area when you thought you had it all by yourself and you thought it was a, a great area. Uh, and that's why I think that fishermen are more apt, as you go along and you get a couple of them butt weapons, you realize, yeah, I better just
0: ease off of it a little bit. Do you think that's one of the areas, I've always kind of thought that's one of the areas that college kids could have a bit of an advantage in the way that fishing, as you said, is a kind of a, uncoachable sport in the way that you have to make the mistakes. You need to go get a smallmouth mouth butt whooping to realize I don't know how to fish smallmouth, And then you go learn to do it type thing in college. They're, they, they're looking at it more like a sport. Do you think that next evolution of the anglers? Cause when I look at you, I'd say you're the next evolution of the dominant anglers that were before you. Could we see somebody he, even, even a, a notch higher in, you know, 10 years?
1: Well, I think the biggest thing you look at in the last 10 years is, is, is the learning curve gets quicker and quicker and quicker and quicker. You know, you can, you can click on YouTube, boom, turn on, uh, and learn about electronics, learn about patterns, learn about the the information training. It's just endless. Um, and there's a lot of really good information before you'd have to open a magazine, Bassmaster Magazine, FLW Magazine, you pop them open and you're sitting there and you're reading through there and you don't know for sure. 100%. Now you have so many different resources to utilize um, that I think that that instantly, like a lot of these kids are coming off out of college or coming out of high school and a completely, you know, way ahead of what we were, you know, even four or five years ago, five, six, seven, eight years ago. And so I could definitely see, and, and this is something that I have, I've definitely seen through throughout my career, the greats always are oozing with confidence. I would not yeah. call cockiness, but I would call it, it's borderline cockiness because you would, if you don't understand them. But you have to be so confident in your ability to to see something and make a decision on the fly in so many events that if you don't have that confidence, you're never going to be able to do it. Um, And that's something that I've always, I have definitely can, you know, if I put my finger on one thing, confidence is something that you cannot, uh, you cannot teach by any means. It's definitely something that you have to earn almost.
0: During a successful tournament, you, you talked about how quick you have to make decisions and believe in yourself. But during a successful tournament, what percentage of your decisions are made through game planning and what percentage are made through instinct? I need to go do this now.
1: I would say on an average year, <clears throat> 25% of my, my decisions that I, I make are from a game plan. I would say 75% is instinct. Just like, like even the St. Lawrence River, the first day of that tournament, you know, I had found a few fish on bed I found a few fish cruising on some sand spots and something just clicked and I'm like, okay, I got to I, I, I know what's going on now. I didn't know what was going on, but now I do. Okay. Let me go with this. And I found three quarters of the fish that I caught that day. I had no, I, you know, I, I didn't know, i never knew they were there. I just found them brand new uh, you know new places so that was something that you it's but that's really hard to do in a tournament yeah you know it, it i think it, i think it's easier for me now knowing the weights because i know where i'm at so i can sort of play that we're like bass track you don't know your weights yeah rocker you do for me when i know the weights i'm able to adjust my game plan accordingly all right, man. ma'am I'm, I'm getting down here low i got to, but so I think there's more adjustments that I make now, sort of, kind of. Because it's like, you're not on the edge. You're not anticipating it to be a 20-pound day. And it's like, well, well, actually, it's a pretty tough day. I could probably,
0: I can go practice a little bit. Does success make that instinct easier for you? You know, meaning it, if you, when you first started your career, I mean, it's pretty tough to follow your gut when you're like, well, these guys that I've read about all these years are not doing that.
1: I think the, the biggest thing that changes as you grow and mature throughout the sport. I think the biggest thing that changes is the fact that you. And when you, when I first started my career, my number one goal. I put five thousand dollar entry fee in. I want to make a ten thousand dollar check. That was my goal. Whether I, I, my mind wasn't even set to winning. It wasn't even thinking about. Oh, I need to be on the swing pattern. Is this pattern going to work out? Is it not? It was simply man, I need to catch, I think it's going to take 10 pounds a day. I need to catch 10 pounds a day. And after I caught that 10 or 11, 12 pounds, I would sort of like, Oh man,
0: pressure's we, off.
1: We did it, man. man. You no. Know? And, um, and I think that there was sort of, that was sort of just my mentality in and, and the same point in time. it's like at that point in time, that was a lot of money I had out there. I didn't have everything paid for. I was trying to just go out there and compete. And so you're worried about, you know, paying for your house payment and, take care of little things. And, and, and you just, I mean, that's how you have to think. And then after a certain amount of time you go from, okay, well, Hey, yeah, that's, that's great. Let's work on top twenties. Like, yeah, checks are great. Yeah. You're going to have some bad tournaments. You're gonna finish, you know, in the back of the field, but let's work towards more towards mindset, top twenties. Then all of a sudden you start making a few top tens and it's top tens and you know, like, well, we need to make top tens every time all of a sudden that, and then you're like, well, then we need, we can win quite a bit. So it, it changes You know, and I think that's why you don't see that's some that mentality doesn't happen just just naturally. I feel like it's a progression throughout your career that you have to get there um, and the stepping stones you have to sort of get past before you can get to that to that mindset
0: how much of your success is I'm going to put in three different categories success being, and I'm just talking on the water, business, fishing business, basically, as how much of that success is mental. How much of that success is knowledge, meaning, you know, putting in your homework and how much of that is just physical ability?
1: Ooh, that's a good question. Um,
0: and do you say, do you use that when you, when you're stalling for time? Do you say, that's a good question. Is that one of the things you do when you're stalling for time? A
1: little bit more. Give me like 10 more seconds. I'm doing it for you right now. See, I'm giving it to you. I'm just giving more time. I'm trying to process. I'm not a big I'm trying to think this up and it's not, you know. Um, no. So I, I, I think, you know, mental side, I truly feel like the mental side of the sport is, is the most complex, because mm-hmm. it's something that's very hard to—it's it, super hard to teach techniques. Everybody at this point in time, for the most part, on tour, knows a lot of the same things, and it is pretty. Most everybody can skip a bait, yeah. around a dock and up underneath the bush and stuff. Um, I will say, obviously, there's guys that are better than others at that, and that's their—you know—that's that is the ultimate deal for them. That's their their comfort zone. So I would say on the, on the mental side, I would say 50%. I would say it was 50% for sure. Cause it, cause it's hard when you lose. It's at least least half
0: of it. It's
1: It's at least half, if not more, but I would say half.
0: And probably the hardest half to get, I would imagine. Uh, You you know, you can, you can get all the knowledge. You can spend time and be good at everything, but to crack that mental code, there's some anglers that go their entire career and never do
1: there's no doubt there's anglers that i feel like i look at in our sport that are so talented but they can never get over that mental hump of getting in position and 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 that's something like i said you know it, it's something you just have to learn as you go and, and some people never do And it's something that's it's, it's such a frustrating sport because it's such a, it's such a sport of up and downs and that's the thing is what makes it so like you're like oh my gosh You lose a five pounder and you're like, gosh, your next cast, you hook one. And you're like, oh, please don't come off. I I can remember a a tournament this season. And as much as I fish and everything else, I was down at Harris Chain fishing, you know, fishing the BBT and dude, I lost them and I could not keep them hooked up. I, for whatever reason, for two full days, first day, I think I lost 80% of my bites. And it was like, not like it was like a crankbait bite or jerkbait bite. It was like, all right, vibrating jig, flipping. You know, <laughs> like you, it just was a day. It was a train wreck. Yeah. But it was a mental. It was it was completely mental. It was I was pretty myself. And I went back and watched the footage. And I was like, I want to see what this is. I want to see what I and I, it was just my whole body language. I could tell that I. it was not there. It was mentally I was freaking myself out because it was happening so, you know, one or two or three or four, but you started losing them every, almost every avalanche. Time. It just keeps, it just piles on. And that tournament right there was, you know, that, it was, I mean, to the last cast, I was down like four pounds. And I hook a five pounder comes to the or jumps off the trollman And I'm just like, you know, so there, there's that. And I truly feel like today, I was rushing, I was pushing it further, I was trying to do things, I was getting myself out of body position when a fish bit. I wasn't in a good position, like all that is that mental side, because you're trying to overcompensate, and I think that's something that doesn't get talked about enough, so anyway, going to more of the knowledge side, I would say that is, I, I mean, there is a lot to that, I would say 30%, 35%. So only 20%, it's 20, 15 to 20% physical. I would say 20% physical because I think you, yeah, I would say 20% physical because I don't know the issue that I I'm trying to, I I look back, you look at some anglers like a Mark Davis that's still fishing, competing or a Rick Klun. Amazing. It's insane. Okay. I think that those guys, their knowledge trumps, obviously they can't continue to do it physically, but their knowledge. But I will say it's tough because I feel like when you look at the, the best anglers or the anglers at their peak of their career, their physical aspect, their mental side, and their knowledge all comes together in about that mid 30s. Yeah. So it's tough, and that seems to be the sweet spot in our sport. At least the last group of legends that came through, your Van Damms and everybody else, Skeet Reeses. That seems now. I'm not saying it won't trend. You know, it won't trend younger. But that seems to be the perfect, perfect spot.
0: So you're still five years away from your peak.
1: I, I mean, I don't, I, maybe I'm peaking <laughs> early. I don't. i I might
0: already peaked. I don't know. <laughs> Let me tell you about peaking. Uh, you, we talked about physical and I just got to come out with it. I screwed up my back really bad, and I'm having back spasms the whole time. So if you wonder why I'm, like, slithering around in my seat. So I'm just telling you this because I'm probably going to stand up and stuff. I don't want to throw you off. But, uh, yeah, no, I just didn't want to not do our interview. So... You know, sorry to hear that. That's, uh, that's no joke. Yeah, no, it's not fun. Yeah, it sucks. Uh, it sucks. 30's a great year. 30's 30's a great age, dude. Breathe it in. I mean, so I'm like, you, you got what? You got you, you got little kid. You know, yeah. so they're easy to control. Things are good when you're thirty. I mean, yeah. uh, and things have been very good for you. But one of the things that blows me away is how have you won half the tournaments, <laughs> and you're still not leading Angler of the Year. Man, um
1: man, what a what a what a crazy. it's just a testament for, you know, the guys I'm fishing against. Obviously, I I have had a great phenomenal year. I had one slip up we talked about a little bit at Harrison and the mental side of that and and it came to the point where I just ultimately had to make a decision. You know, I, I was trying to obviously put myself in position to to, you know, win angler of the year. It's every year you're trying to win angler of the year, but you know, I mean, look, it, you know, you, have, you can't slip up. And I've uh, had a phenomenal season. Obviously, you know, <laughs> winning after tournaments is something that's nuts. But you got to put yourself in a position, and and uh, we got we're twelve points back right now. And Otter just he's just been a machine. He's won two tournaments. He got third at the last one. Every time, I, you know, I feel like I'm performing. He's right there. Or, you know, vice versa. And that just I mean, he'll never stop. He just never quits.
0: So he's won two. You've won three. There's there's been six. Kevin won the other one. Kevin won, <laughs> so, Kevin won the other one. Are you not concerned that there might be like they might just vote you two off the island? <laughs> they may have tribal council, dude. That's a, a little bit too much winning. I
1: I, I with each other like with the championship round at Champlain. I said, you know, we got to win this one, right? And he, I winked. I said, I said, I'm, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try a little harder than you, though. I just, we, you know, we just play around all the time. We're good buddies, and we always give each other crap. And uh, yeah, it was. But it, you know, like I said. it's it's great i mean if that happened three four years in a row i think there there was a pretty pretty good chance they're gonna vote us off the island but one year you know there's a little bit of luck involved hopefully uh hopefully we can keep that train rolling though because i mean it's it's been a phenomenal year
0: incredible uh incredible year and not just on the water off the water i mean everything going on in your life which just makes it even more impressive really if you look statistically When people start getting settled down and moving houses and having babies and stuff like that, generally, if you watch the chart of anglers, they go down for a few years and then it kind of spikes them back up because it's almost like, I got to pay for all this, but they take a pause. So if this is your pause and you've won 50% of the tournaments, you're, I mean, it's ridiculous.
1: Yeah. it's, it's, it's hard to comprehend. I, I, you know, when you're in the moment, I'll tell you what When you're in the moment, you just don't, you can't, you can't really like appreciate that. You know what I'm saying? It's like something that it's hard to, because you're just thinking about the next one. When I get done with an event, I, you want to take the time to appreciate that event, but I don't feel like that happens until like, you know, the off season in looking back, you know, yeah. you're still in the battle of, all right, Hey, listen, we got to keep going. All right, what's the next one? What's, what do we think? And how is this going to play out? What's, you know, you get into the where you're, you're constantly, you know, prepping for the next event. So I think that, I mean, it's, it's, it's awesome. But, I mean, you know, I, I, I always train myself. I, I, I look at guys and that have done such a great job and, and are some of the legends of the sport. And the biggest thing is you just can't get complacent. And so when you get complacent, you're like, oh, three, man. Well, I won one tournament. I'm good this year. You know, it's sort of like going back to where I was yeah. getting a check. Well, I got a check. I'm good. Or I won a tournament. I'm good. And you never can stop.
0: Yeah, I have a theory and I've just come up with it. But I feel like when I talk to really successful, I mean, just in the last year, not just like right in the last minute here. <laughs> um, but when I, and when I talk to really successful people, they kind of look at me and they're like, well, duh. But but I think one of the worst things we're told growing up is happily ever after. Once you're going to do something, you're going to have this moment and life's going to be happily ever after. And the truth of it is, it's only as good as it, you know, the moment you stop working, the mo- that, that's when the happily ever after ends. So, I mean, if you want it to be happily ever after, just always keep the hammer down. Is that <laughs> how you live life?
1: I mean, I think there's a combination of it all because you look at, excuse me, I feel like you you look at, um, you, know, you know there's so many different parts of, of life you know yeah. like trophies and money are, are awesome but there's obviously family and, and spending time um, and as my family grows that will be as more and more and more important to me as it is and it has in the last few years um, so that, that can take a position where you're like, listen, you know, I don't want to go out there and pre-practice as much as I, cause I, you know, Hey, listen, my, my daughter, she's got her first dance and daddy daughter dance and, yeah. and that becomes an issue. So I know that's coming. And so I know that this is the opportunity in the last few years have been the opportunity to really, truly give everything that I have. Now, I also feel like once you get to a certain point and you understand fisheries a little bit better or understand smallmouth, largemouth spotted bass and how they position, it's easier to make decisions. Yeah. you know, And, make, and, and break down bodies of water. When that ultimately, I'm still down. listening. To I it. hear you. Trust Talk, me. I already got you. So that, that's sort of like, I feel like that as you go on, you're going to, I'm going to be wanting to stay home a little bit longer. Yeah. And I feel like that you're not going to have those pre-practice practicing trips as much as you did earlier in your, you know, earlier in, in your early years. And, and I still have some now. Um, and then you're just going to have to go off with of just a lot of instinct and knowledge.
0: One of the cool things about you that, uh, is watching your business evolve. You know, at one time you were just a guy who wanted to win tournaments. I really felt that, you know, like you didn't care about anything, but winning just, just I win and the rest will take care of itself. I've watched everything evolve with your brand, with, with everything you do, your, your YouTube, everything, but newest thing, the, um, Jacob Wheeler fishing foundation. Tell me about it, man.
1: Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I'm really pumped with this. Like, uh. We, we, my wife and I set up the Jacob Wheeler Fishing Foundation, and, and it was a different way of giving back. So like, you know, later last fall, I did a deal like a, to, to give back to some people that were less fortunate. And, and I gave a lot of my tackle away, fishing stuff away. And I'm like, you know, what can I do to help this sport? Because I feel like one thing is like, I, if I wasn't in the position, if I didn't have the people put me underneath their wing and the mentors that I had growing up, I wouldn't be the position I am today. Yeah. I didn't have a bass boat growing up. I didn't, you know, people allowed me to borrow boats and certain things like that. So I was like, all right, what can I do to help this sport out and help these younger anglers that are ultimately wanting to be professional anglers and and, and get to that next level of the sport? What can I do with my brand and with some of the resources that I have? Um, so we started the Jacob Wheeler Foundation and, and there's, divi- there's going to be divisions of it. I'm sure it'll grow as it goes on, but this fall, we have, you know, a big college event and, and, and the whole, it's the, it's the bash that it's, it's the college bash shootout. And it's for, we're going to have a streaming on YouTube uh, the week after it, there's $10,000 first place block first place prize. Um, and the reasoning behind that whole deal is I want to give college age kids an opportunity you know, not into scholarship, but at real money to give them an, I mean, listen, gas costs a lot of money, yeah. food costs a lot of money, tackle costs a lot of money, entry fees cost a lot of money. And if I can give, you know, some of these college kids and the college age kids an opportunity to compete um, and, and give them another platform on top of what they already have, I feel like that's just, you know, doing as much as I can. I'm trying to really help those kids along. And if I can mentor someone, you know, and I, and I know a few of them, I do know a handful of them already. I'm sure I'll meet, I'll meet a ton more here this fall. That's really the meaning, for, at least for this fall, the first box that I want to check um, with the Wheeler Fishing Foundation and that whole
0: college basket out. Know. It's a really cool program. And thank you. Thank you for doing that. Tell me about ding. Where, what, what is the, I mean, I, I, I mean, I like the ding, uh, but, but uh, 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 where, how did ding start and, and what has it evolved into?
1: You know, it's, it's sort of crazy. So um, really it, it's, so Mark um, Daniels, NBJ, Dustin Connell and myself, uh, we were all rooming together on the. A team
0: which I used to coin Money Inc. If you remember, remember. (laughs) and damn was I not a freaking fruit! I don't know what (laughs) word I used there. Might have been a swear word. Might not have been even in this language, but I think that was one of the best (laughs) predictions because wow, that team is freaking Money Inc.
1: (laughs) You you did coin that. I one (laughs) hundred. Dang, Mercer, dang, hey, Mercer, that's a no, crazy. it
0: just it was amazing to watch you get be, and I hate to interrupt you there because I hate watching podcasts where people jump all over the guests. But I, I, I do feel like when you guys came together, everybody looks at you now and they're like, well, of course, those guys catch them." But that wasn't what it was at that time. You know what I mean? It was people coming from all different walks of lives. And I just thought it was really cool to look at what you all three of you have become in this industry.
1: Yeah, I think that was sort of what it all was. And I, you know, Mark and, and Dustin Connell are both, you know, two of my best friends. I talk to them all the time. And and so anyway, the whole ding thing really started with Connell. We were joking around, and he's like, "Dude, we're gonna we're gonna roll this coin." He's like, "Man, we're gonna do something." I'm like, "Absolutely!" Like, "Let's do something as a group, whatever." And he's like, "Man, I got an idea." And he was like, "All right, let's hit. We got your big one. We'll hit the ding." I'm like, "All right, sounds good." so mississippi river this is like right before we go to oahe yeah I, on youtube i, I you know, i'm doing the youtube thing i hit i catch one like in the morning after 16 pounds like really early i'm like dang i'm like that's a dang big and all right we're, we're, we're on them anyway so then the next event mark wins at oahe yeah hits it online and he hit, hits it on live and so it's progressed and it's it just turned into something that we all sort of work together and it sort of encompasses not only our brands uh, uh, like together as, as friends, um, but I think it's also just more, you know, in a good time, we use it on everything, whether it's whatever, you know, we, we'll use ding and everything. And, hey, they're dinged up, man. Oh, my gosh, there's, you know, whatever. And, 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 but it really, for us, I feel like it's just that positive nature, that positive attitude when, you know, I'm, I'm rooming with that with those guys, it's just all a positive vibe going into the house it's like we're all just happy-go-lucky loving life and i think that that sort of that word encompasses all of that for us anyway
0: speaking of dinged up will there be more dinged up podcasts because i I think it was a really great podcast i mean great chemistry between and it was real that i mean it wasn't fake and there's way too many fake things in the world nowadays
1: (laughs) i think the plan is definitely to do it obviously uh you know we had myself MDJ, Dustin Connell, and Adrian Rita on, on that um, up on St. Lawrence River. And, and it was, you know, that was the last time we were all together um, since the last, you know, event. So I think um, this next event, I, the plan is to do one every single excuse me, every single event. And it's something that's so much fun because obviously, like, you know, the, we're all buddies and we're all friends. The chemistry, like you said, it's just, we all feed off of each other and it's just a lot of fun. So I, the plan is to definitely do some more of that and, and but it's, um, I don't know. We'll just sort of see what the dang, we'll sort of see. We got a pretty big tournament coming up at St. Clair. So we're going to try to push everything in. I don't know. I don't know if those guys are fishing. We'll figure it all out though. Definitely plan is to have some more though.
0: All right. It, it um, in your empire, ding ink, whatever you want to call it um, where, where does everything, I mean, you've got tournaments, I would assume, at this point in your career, they're the top of the castle. That's the most important thing. As far as, you know, you know building this business, I mean, yeah. you win, if you stop winning, Ding is nowhere near, look at Conor McGregor, dude. Everything he used to say was so cool, like it would just come out of his mouth and you'd be like, I want that. <laughs> you know, that, that guy? Oh, he, he, it wasn't even that funny. It was just because he was winning, it was funny. But when you stop winning, Ding... Ding sounds like dong all of a sudden. Um, so, you, so obviously you got to win, but where does everything else sit with you? You know, uh, an incredible YouTube channel and all the sorts. So where, where do you rate all that? How important is all of those pieces of the puzzle to you?
1: You know, I, um, I, you know, obviously family is very important to me. You know, first and foremost, you know, with my little one, Olivia, I have another one on the way here in October. So
0: congratulations. Thank you. How'd that happen
1: i, I still
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I, you know that's that's starting to take a lot you know when I'm home to separate it, but obviously competing I, I hate losing I, and and a lot of people say it's cliche, you hate losing more than, than you love winning, but i I truly hate it, like I can't stand it. I can try to prepare prepare myself, but I also feel like. So that is definitely a very major part of what I do. And I try to and you'll see it on my on the YouTube side of things. I try to bring people along on on these tournaments, but my main goal, like a lot of times I'll just like let the cameras run and something turns off and I'm sitting there reeling. I my job is to win the tournament. Like yeah. i trying to bring people along for the ride, but I'm like constantly in you know in battle, like trying to compete, and, and so sometimes it can be hard. I enjoy the YouTube side of it more when I can actually interact a little bit more and interact with the camera and have fun. Yeah, uh, There's not that pressure. I want to show the, the competitive side of, of it and what I do for my job, but that sometimes can be tough. Cause you can't, you're not always like, Hey, what's up guys. We're over here. It's like, listen, dude, I'm freaking out here trying to reel back. <laughs> we got, we got work to do, you know? So that's, it's a mindset thing there. Um, And obviously, that's sort of something you're trying to juggle it all. I mean, content is king and constantly be trying to come up with ideas. I'm fortunate to have Brody constantly working on stuff and and, and, and having stuff to edit. Um, And and that's a really big part of it all. I mean, but there's just so many different little divisions. And then obviously, um, you know, giving back and and having a little time to do that as well.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, obviously, winning tournaments is great. I don't think I'd be I'd be unhappy as far as I'm not unhappy I would be a little pissed off myself if I wasn't competing at a high level um, and I would try to work harder but it, it's not all it's not all about trophies and, and money
0: by no means I'm gonna give you a little trophy right now and I don't even know if you know this is exists or this even happened but when I read it I was like whoa and I actually called the guy out on it because it was, in, it was in Jay Kumar's Bass Blaster. And he had interviewed Kevin after Kevin beat you in that event. And, and, they, and he asked Kevin, he said, did you trash talk Jacob Wheeler in the morning? And Kevin's response, and this blew me away as one of Kevin's best friends, you don't want to poke the bear. And I called, <laughs> I mean, number one, what does it feel like to hear that Kevin Van Dam referred to you as the bear? And number two, did you know that existed?
1: No, I, 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 number one, I, that's, that's insane. I didn't, I, I'd never, um, you know, Kevin is obviously the go to bass fish and he's done an unbelievable job in this sport, not only on the water, but off the water. And I always will look up to him. Um, and, and he's just, he's just, you know, he's, he's in, a, he's in a league of his own and he's done a phenomenal job with this sport and putting it in another, you know, bringing it to another level. So, uh, first and foremost, hats off to Kevin because that's like, very, you know, the man. Now, I, I did not know that was out there. I, I, that sort of, that is very humbling. I, I, I Kevin and I, you know, we'll talk every once in a while and I, and I talk in passing and stuff, but I, I, as much as he gives it to me, I give it right back a lot of times. And, you know, it's fun because I have that respect for him so much, but I'm also a competitor and it's point now, I'm like, you know, you check you check each other. No, yeah. I don't know, buddy. I don't know. Like you come to Michigan, we'll see what happens, you know, or something like that. And and so there's that respect, but there's also the fact that when you're getting on the water and you're competing, there's nobody out there that you need to believe in your mind that you can't be. You better believe you're the best out there every day or you're gonna put yourself in a tough position to to compete against that group every single day and, and do well.
0: Who were your guys growing up? I mean, everybody has those people that they, they, and maybe they're not people that we know of, but who were the people that that you looked at? And maybe, you know, it makes more sense if you, name people we know of i mean i'm sure you'd like to give a little love out to your grade six teacher that was really nice to you but we don't know mrs or mr ferguson whichever it was so just who are you i'm not good at this job i don't know if you've realized this yet wheeler but uh, what? what who were you guys growing up that you looked at and said man i'd love to have that kind of career
1: you know i i i think uh, the obvious i look at i look at kevin because his his he was so determined um, and he and he just and I, I told I told Kevin after that event and <clears throat> I told him because where he won the tournament on Chickamauga. It's a major community place, like one of the top three biggest community halls in the lake.
0: But but he is part of the community. You have he, to remember. What? <laughs> How is-, is that even possible that yet again, that rolls itself around? <laughs> it I mean, it was it was a two minute inter. Oh, my God, my <laughs> Chair is getting in a fight with my microphone right now. It is a two-minute interview, it, like interlude that happened between him and I and Ellie, and it's just it keeps coming back. Constantly, it
1: seems it just constantly <laughs> back. It's hilarious. You ain't part of the community. It's hilarious. Sorry, go ahead. So Kevin won this tournament on this on this place. I, m- majority of fish he caught off this place, and I and I told him straight up, my dude, I'm gonna be straight up with you. You are the only person in the world that could have won this tournament right there. Facts. No one in the world, in my personal opinion, I knew it was there, but I'm like, dude, they're so pressured, so hard to trigger, so hard to catch. I was just like, dude, hats off. Like I'm like, holy smokes. I'm still till this day in shock that he caught the majority of fish right there and I'm like, what, you know? And it, it was—I watched a little bit of the footage after. And I'm like, dang. But so Kevin's uh, the obvious choice. Another one that I really looked at is one outlier in the crowd. You know, you look at Skeet, you look at Aaron. Aaron's another one that I—I I, I thought was just phenomenal, and he still is. Oh, and,
0: man, it's just oh, not gosh. just as an angler. I mean, all of them are great. I mean, oh,
1: Aaron they, is. Aaron, oh. he's—he he's, had that mindset it was hard for him to explain you know yeah. how he processed information but he and he would always just like i don't know i just you know
0: i just go fishing
1: and it's, it's not that hard bro they're just on the dang pilings and you know that's what they're doing and they're just suspended eating bluegill that are actually eating you know tiny perch fry and the perch fry are chasing the insects. <laughs> i mean duh, man it's pretty dang simple um and i've loved i love the detail how detailed he was on everything and then and then the last person would have been Edwin Evers because Edwin was always the most versatile I looked at as far as overall on um, the spectrum. Okay. And I always talked about how this, this sport has changed from the era of when Kevin, Denny Brower going back, there was, all right, the flippers, the finesse fishermen, the specialist coined that term specialist, you know. Now it's the generalist. It's you have to be good at everything. Yes, you could sit there and pick up a flipping stick and probably have a decent event or a decent year. You might qualify for a classic or a red crest. You might. but and you might it's not have a, a thing anymore. That, but you are not going to put yourself in a position to win Angler of the Year if you're not versatile and able to be a generalist at some point throughout the season. And so I think that that's why Edwin was a little bit more on that front and yeah that, like out of that group going and i was like hmm, i could see when he won the tournament on kentucky lake and then went up to waddington and won that event there yeah
0: back to back you
1: know, it was a very similar you know hey completely different deal you
0: know yeah uh great great guys to look up to are bananas bad luck
1: man i i, I don't mind a real banana
0: Maybe okay.
1: A real banana, but we so we started this whole thing a couple of years back with the the crew as well, where we had a bear and then we had this stuffed banana. His name okay. was Jimmy Ding. Jimmy, Jimmy Ding. Jimmy Ding. Not Jimmy Ding, Jimmy Ding. And every time I had that sucker in my boat, I would not catch nothing. I literally have a video, I can I'll show it to you one day where Connell is cussing the banana. <laughs> because he is like that thing is the worst you know so we after after a few of us had spent a a couple days in the boat with jimmy ding all of a sudden he disappeared and so that one banana no stuffed bananas will ever be in my boat (laughs) But,
0: but real bananas are okay
1: real bananas i don't i don't have a problem i'll eat a banana mark is deathly do not bring a banana in the boat but i'm like i don't really care stuffed banana I'm not, I'm not about that life.
0: All right. Okay. I got to ask you a few questions that, um, I mean, if you don't want to answer them, it's at a point of in the interview that you could just hang up on me <laughs> and, and it'll make a great ending either way. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> every single person watching this is going to want me to ask you this question. Okay. How many of those red trophies you've got to win until, uh, 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 to, to stifle the urge to win a Bassmaster classic, or is that gone? um you know for me
1: and it's just truthfully my 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 thing i i love competing against what i feel like is is the toughest for me to compete against the toughest group of anglers fishing against the justin lucas's fishing against the jordan lee's so that's for me that's that's where i see my value at just being straight up yeah it's where i like i i don't care if it's Freaking whatever it is, I, I want to fish against the best. So, um, and, and I feel like I am. And that's why, you know, for me, that's it, always where I'll be at. You know, when I started FLW, um, the best, you know, transition to the elites and that full group and it was toughest. I went there because that's where I wanted to fish against the top level in the sport, the top premier anglers, um in the largest group of talent and that's just the same today that's how it's how I sort of make my decisions because I feel like if not saying that there's not a substantial amount of talent in the league because I truly believe there is um and I and I feel like it's getting better every single year I just for me it's not about a title it's about competing against the best group of anglers out there and that's that's where I feel I am
0: I think that was a very, very good answer. You know why? Because no matter what happens in your future, you can always be like, well, the best group is over here now. It turns (laughs) out the best group is actually bowlers and I'm a professional bowler. Now you do whatever you want with it. Um, And dude, I did not ask you that question to put you on the spot. I asked you that question so people won't yell at me in the comments and say, you never asked him about the big question that we all want to know about. Um, and, And I do in my heart believe that you will compete for a Bassmaster Classic. And I believe you will win a Bassmaster Classic in the future. I, and I don't, I'm not saying it's going to be next year, two years. I, I just think, Yeah, man, look what's changed in the last three years. You're telling me that everything's just going to stay the same for the next 20? Um, and, and I know the competitive part of you. Um, I think you'll always be, be fighting it out for it. But one of the other things that I have to touch on, because me and you share something. And, and we're both big friggin Pat McAfee fans yeah. I mean I'm a huge McAfee fan I actually a little bit I hate him because now he works for WWE he's like literally outside of working for bass I mean that would be where I'd like to be so he's literally <laughs> living out my dreams but that son of a bitch doesn't like bass fishing how do we can we set I up know, some kind man. of trash talking yeah. situation take him out fishing and beat his ass <laughs>
1: Well, being from Indy, that's that's the one thing I actually, you know, that that's that's definitely a game plan. You got to get him out there on the water, see what it's about. And it's uh, that it, it's obviously so much fun to to listen to those guys go at it and talk about everyday life, to Great everything, show, you know, sports and everything. It's it's really truly entertaining. They do a phenomenal job, and it's it's like, gosh, man, that guy, and he's and he's just always on it, like always on on the deal.
0: So if I can set it up to get him in the boat with you, will you, will you take him out? Let's do it. Let's do it. I will sit on the back deck and commentate the whole time. It'll be wonderful. We can be the Pat McAfee show fishing consultants. I mean, (laughs) one that speaks and the other that delivers.
1: (laughs) That's good, man. That, that, that is. a, I'm I'm in. You You can count me in on that one.
0: Wheeler, you always deliver and I appreciate you, uh, doing this show here tonight. And uh, all I ask you is, uh, will, you, will you come back on again when I'm not back spasming? Because I think yes, I can I do am. better.
1: <laughs> Where you can just calm down. And oh, just, I, 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 feel, I feel for you, buddy. I, I, I've had one. I've, I've not had many back issues, but I've had it one time and I do not want anything to do with that at all.
0: <laughs> it's a mess. It is a mess right now. I'm sweating. I, I, the only thing I feel bad for is my liquor cabinet because I'm heading to that right now. <laughs> Jacob Wheeler, you are awesome. Thank you
1: guys. I appreciate I think appreciate you, Dave. We'll uh, we'll catch you at the next one, man. Uh, reel on a few of them, them brown ones for me.
0: Done deal. Done deal. Thank you very much.
1: <laughs> See you, buddy.
0: Well, once again, we proved that um, through thick or thin, no matter what, uh, through pain, through rain, uh, you name it, we'll get you a podcast on Wednesday. We will put Some hump back in your hump day, but I'm going to keep this short and sweet. Thank you, Jacob Wheeler. Thank you guys for listening. Give us a like, subscribe, comment, all that stuff. I got to go. I got an appointment with the captain. Honey, pour me a drink. Thanks for watching. Please like, comment, and subscribe. Because Bob Cobb of the Bassmaster told you to. You hear?